0: Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news, this week's new releases, this week in music history, trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. All right, guys, it's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly podcast. This week of March 15th, 2021, Season 3, Episode 10. Charles back here in the garage. What's going on, man? Chicken Marrow Nubbins. And that's right, our new sponsor. We'll get to that maybe a little bit later. The story behind the fabled tale of Chicken Marrow Nubbins. But oh, yeah. uh, this week, kicking off a bunch of great topics in the rock world Green Day, Tame and Paula topping the lineup of the Life is, Bu- uh, Life is Beautiful Music Festival in Vegas in September that's actually going forward this year. One of the first big lineups of the year, kind of mainstream rock festival. uh, Well, kind of a hybrid festival. We'll talk about that. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame displaying a new Right Here, Right Now uh, section of the Hall of Fame, which is new to this year. Uh We'll we'll detail that. Uh, Kiss guitarist Tommy Thayer reveals his secret daughter. Apparently this is his first time revealing that he had this long-lost daughter. Wow. Uh, So we'll find the story on that a little bit. Deftones announce a new branded tequila for their twentieth anniversary of White Pony. Awesome. So we'll talk about that. Tons awesome. of special musical guests on the new Paul McCartney covers album. We'll let you know who's on that. Plus this week's new releases, weekly WTF, this week in music
1: history, trivia, and more. I gotta I gotta say, um, audience, don't look up Tommy Thayer's daughter. <laughs> See, and this is the reason why she's been kept a secret this whole time. When she was born, right? she was born in full kiss makeup <laughs> and, and, and it's, and it's part of her. Like you, she can't undo it. That's right. Yep. And that she's been hiding in the attic this
0: whole time. Yep. This exactly. Daughter. Oh yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. That's actually
1: not true, but yeah, we'll
0: see. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> could be true. Could be true. It could be. We could don't know. Be, <laughs> we don't know exactly. Uh, all right. 12th of March, which was this past Friday, uh, new albums out from AG cook, Brent Funkhauser, i hate god I nick hate god. jonas rob zombie uh the anchoress valerie june uh yeah some some uh, interesting releases interesting
1: there. names interesting oh yeah names. i hate
0: god they've been around for a while uh since the 80s with that wow um, and a very uh, clever play on the name it's spelled e-y-e
1: i hate god um, and then Rob Zombie, look at his uh, album name there, Charles. What's oh, the album yeah. name? Uh, the Lunar Injection Kool Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. I love that. We talked about that at the at the last episode. That's right. like awesome. But like ours, we, we were talking about doing. like, Why don't people just do mundane kind of phrases like, you know, like I farted in my car in the rain with the <laughs> right with the windows. My socks up, are like, like, wet. Yeah, my socks are wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my socks got wet on accident. Yeah, and now it's annoying.
0: Uh, All right, virtual shows coming up. A couple ones announced. Pearl Jam is going to be headlining this band together, Washington Virtual Benefit. Mm. Um, It's going to be helping to bring back Washington as a thriving source of art and culture. Uh, You can check it out at keepmusiclivewa.com. And it's apparently going to be an old-school Pearl Jam performance that hasn't been seen in a long time. They're digging one up from the vaults, like a rare kind of unseen footage from a old school pro oh, jam performance. They, okay. They're not letting us know what date or what year or what show it is, so they're kind of doing it to be like kind of a secret surprise to raise money for this event. So oh, okay. Check it out on March 18th, which is what in three days
1: uh, on uh, Wednesday. Yeah. 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 So, so check that out, guys. I I, I didn't That's know this. St. Patrick's.
0: To... Or day after St. Patrick's. Day
1: after. Yep. I did. I didn't realize this about the song Jeremy. That the that the um, the parents of the actual kid that killed himself in right. class, that de- de- explicitly did not give Pearl Jam permission to to make that song. In fact, like kind of fought like vehemently wow. to not yeah. have that song like out there because I guess it was it wasn't quite exactly what happened, and it was very kind of sensational sensationalized. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, that's and too it was bad. Huge. Yeah.
0: and you know, and Pearl Jam's always got kind of a reputation for being a pretty decent band with that stuff so it's kind of you know it's good. those those things seem to pop up like remember the cover band they sued recently? oh yeah yeah they changed their name to legal jam yeah and, and <laughs> yeah that's to, right to mess with them uh so funny but uh yeah, yeah sometimes they do these things you're just kind of questionable like come on pearl jam come on yeah you know they they should have like put all proceeds of that song and that album to that family or yeah. something you know yeah. something like that right Yep, they're anyway. all progr- they're all
1: super progressive, you know. But sometimes, you know, and they drop the ball. Yeah, we all do, I guess. Um, Ooh, I like that. Uh, all right, I so like check that, out the
0: lineup. That poster's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're looking at the poster for Life Is Beautiful, which is happening in Vegas, September seventeenth through the nineteenth, uh, downtown Las Vegas, three days. Billy Eilish, the headliner, Green Day, as well as Tame Impala, and then we got ASAP Rocky, Modest Mouse, Dylan Francis. Um, we got Death From Above nineteen seventy nine, Haim. Um, Glass Animals, Fisher, St. Vin- Vincent, uh, Purity Ring, Surfaces, lots of other... It's all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, something for everybody. Kind of kind of cool. Um, you know, I like festivals like this. Reminds me of Coachella where it's kind of got something for everyone there a little bit. Maybe not any heavy metal on this or classic rock or any of that kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. That department, but all pretty relevant artists, I guess you could say, that are oh, yeah. doing stuff uh, across all genres, so... They're on sale. They they just went on sale this past Friday. So uh, they're this is one of the first major festivals of the year. Do you think this is a little too early?
1: or Do you think this is right in line with what's happening September 17th through the 19th? Uh, I think it's it's right in line. I mean now it's everybody's kind of getting vaccinated at this. I mean even I got my vaccination, um, the one and done Johnson and Johnson one the other day. Right. Um. It's it's everybody's everybody's got it. So, well, I think at this point at this point. Uh, the people who are smart, smart enough to kind of get it, um, they'll be okay to go to festivals and stuff like that. Yep. So
0: So, uh, this looks to be one of the first ones. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how other, if any other festivals start coming out in the coming weeks, now that they see this, they're like, well, they're doing it. Hey, why don't we do ours in, uh, uh, you know, Labor Day weekend or right? The weekend before, I guess. Labor Day's first weekend of September. Yes. Yes. So we haven't seen anything for that yet. You know, yeah. typically there's you know like a reggae festival or um i know dry diggins usually does stuff around then or um i don't know we'll have to see what yeah. happens here it's going to be interesting uh this concert season uh, how it all takes shape so check it out for yourselves life is beautiful festival.com or is it just uh life is beautiful just oh wait uh, lifeisbeautiful.com dot com. Let me zoom in yeah, on that. Can, yeah, lifeisbeautiful.com That's all it is. So that's a, that's a that's a cool poster too. It's all neon. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of neon lights. It is kind of cool looking. Um, so check that out, guys. One of the first big ones of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ronnie James Dio demo might be a long lost Black Sabbath song. Ooh. This was uh, unearthed this week, and it was released by the stepson of Black Sabbath keyboardist Jeff Nichols or Geoff Nichols. I don't know how you pronounce that, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, they believe the title is called Slapback, and it was introduced on a cassette tape that featured other material recorded by the band while they were pre- prepping for their 10th album, which was eventually 1980s Heaven and Hell. So his stepson, Gary Reese, uploaded the song to YouTube. Another example of someone who probably could have made some money off of it, but just put it out there for the fans. Awesome. Remember we were talking about the yeah. Zeppelin one? Yep. The guy found that long-lost Ze- Zeppelin footage and actually had somebody, a private buyer that wanted to to purchase it, keep it for a collection, and he actually put it up on YouTube for everyone to enjoy. That's awesome. So I love it when these guys do this kind of stuff. He says, quote, It doesn't sound like a typical Sabbath song if it is them, but it does sound like Ronnie James Dio. I have no idea about anything. I wasn't there. Everything is speculation. So uh, he's also got a bunch of more tapes to explore, but his vintage equipment needed to be serviced and no spare cash to cover the cost, so he set up a Patreon fund so he can continue his restoring work and already has multiple donations. Great. uh, That's pretty cool. So hopefully he'll unearth some other cool stuff on there. Awesome. Uh, Speaking of tours, just a minute ago, Corey Taylor looks like he may be one of the first ones of the year to start doing some small shows. Uh, He's eyeing as early as April. Okay. Whoa, that is early. Yeah, and he's saying, quote, it'll be a short tour, probably about three weeks. Some of the places will be doing two nights in one city. It'll be completely socially distanced, uh, which means people... Okay, so he says there'll be pods. (laughs) Okay, wow, we're getting freaky now. Yeah. There's pods that'll have space around it, and the only people allowed in the pod are the people who came with the group. Oh, cool. So it's like if you showed up with a car full of maybe four or five people, you can all go to your table, and that's pretty much it. You can all just hang out together.
1: What do you think of that kind of
0: idea for a show?
1: Uh I think I think it's so I think it's it's doable. I just I don't see the venue unless the tickets are pricey, I don't see them making a lot of menu or a lot of money on, on, on this. Right? It because it's gotta be what? Thirty percent capacity or something. Yeah, right? And that's a bad night yeah. on any
0: venue's terms. So you gotta like therefore triple the price yeah. of whatever normally something is. So a beer's now fifteen bucks. <laughs> Tickets are 150. Right. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. And then now it's profitable, right? Yeah. And I think that's maybe what we're looking at, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, wouldn't that be pretty neat to see like an artist you really like? Oh, yeah. In that type of a setting? I wouldn't pay that for Corey Taylor. No, no, nothing no not him, yeah. But you know, I would pay that maybe for a tool show. Oh, or, big time. Uh, what do you, what else? I don't know. Any I, of the, like Ghost, yeah, Baby Metal, any of those bands that we've seen like oh, throughout yeah. the years. I'd pay 150 bucks
1: for a ticket for an intimate show. Yeah, but, I I want 150 percent. If if I was, <laughs> to, I mean, I think we talked about this too at one point. Uh, you know, if if you were to say. Okay, uh, like three hundred dollars tickets to go see Allison Chains unplugged in like nineteen ninety three or whatever. It. Oh, and in a New York minute, man, it right. would have been all over that to to go to go see that. I was in two thousand, um, I, I didn't make a whole lot of money at that point, but I was seriously contemplating driving to LA and seeing Al Green for three hundred dollars yeah, for a there's, ticket.
0: There's certain artists and certain shows where you realize the kind of intimacy of the show or the importance of the show. Yeah. And it's an artist that you really care about. And money really starts turning into more of just like a goal. Yeah. Instead of like, Oh, that's too much. It's like, oh, I could probably get that in a month or so. Yeah. I could I could set that aside. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that, that was always my art mentality when we were going to shows too. It was just like, I was basically working each month to go to a show and try and go to a show once a month. Yeah. And that was like our vacation, you know? Yeah. We work hard basically all month. I was back when I was doing landscape and weird stuff and we would look forward to the show at the end of the month all the time, basically. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. And that was like our goal. And, and we, you know, no matter the cost. So I think it's starting to maybe kind of come back to that level of importance for people where it's, before maybe you know a couple years ago it was like ah whatever we could see this band anytime. Yeah. Now I think people realize no you can't and something like this may happen again in the future. You never know when some especially some of these older artists.
1: Oh yeah, big time. Like you know it, they're
0: some of these artists like Fleetwood Mac like these guys they were saying in a new interview with Rolling Stone they're like well, I don't think we can tour again even though you know this like kind of killed us you know yeah like, we, it stalled out the momentum we all kind of got comfortable we're like we don't want to go back out on the road right now you yeah know, it's too much of a risk now and too much of a liability too much of a problem there's you, a lot of bands that don't even want to do it now because of that
1: whole. oh reason, yeah yeah you know? big time it's not worth the risk um if there were to be an outbreak and it were to be linked back to that then it would just be a bunch of negative uh, negative publicity you know i actually saw there's a guitarist out there so audience go check this this lady out her name is Kaki king and she's oh yeah. A, yeah awesome awesome uh guitarist i played her on the guitarist. garage i think before a time or two. Oh yeah Sup- super awesome and you i actually saw her with i mean there must have been only a hundred people in a church it was an it was an old oh, church neat. inside of this old church and we were kind of spread out comfortable in chairs watching her perform and the acoustics were just like amazing. Oh yeah, church, I mean yeah it one was of the best place. The and then uh and then my sister and I saw an artist called Azam Ali. Uh she did um, okay. if you're familiar with God of War, she did some music in the back of that show Rome. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, she did stuff for Rome. Um, for people that don't know the PlayStation
0: video game, God yep, of War, right?
1: Absolutely. And uh we I think we ended up paying like seventy bucks at a, a pop to go see her. This is about ten years ago but it was beautiful. It was yeah. comfortable private Worth it, wonderful, worth it. Yeah, exactly. you weren't like tired and standing up in a dusty place right. or in packed. And I think of that's yeah, people are really not going to want to do that anymore yeah. unless
0: you know it's really worth it to them. So yeah, yeah. I think people are going to have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh, speaking of bands and shows and all of that, Rage recently this week, Tim Comerford was kind of approached in the parking lot. Somebody kind of ambushed him a little bit and said, "Hey, what's up with the? Are you guys going to do any of these socially distant shows?" And he, excuse me, he said, quote, it's stressful for me because I look at Rage and go like, no, F, we really rely on an audience. You go to Rage shows and that audience, you know, just as much to see the band and we need that. We're one of those bands that need that. He went on to say, we'll never be one of those sellouts that's going to go play at a drive-in show or play a venue that holds 100,000 people and there's only 10,000 people there. That's BS. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rage will
1: never do that. It's not a good show unless the audience is going off, too. It's got to be a shared experience, end quote. With everything we just said right now, that's very true. Like, just that's a that's a, And I think that's there's a, a lot comparison. of bands yeah. Yeah, that aren't, until it gets to that point, they're just not going to play a compromised show. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. Yeah, because they're a very strong, energized presence and you wouldn't just want to be hanging out sitting yeah a socially chair just, distanced raging against yeah. machine show would
0: be pretty lame right like oh, everybody's yeah. just like confined to their own little pod like moshing, <laughs> like little five <laughs> five people
1: moshing together <laughs> just like a family of six just beating moshing. each other up in the pod yeah setting How, their pod on fire yeah it bring, uh, ollie from bring me the horizon would hate that the most right because he'd be like push it back, oh he couldn't do push it, it back. his whole yeah. bit's gone it's, oh uh, yeah his
0: whole thing's gone
1: <laughs> uh, it's a trip, right? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Uh, all right, some more rock news this week. Paul McCartney, uh, some pretty uh, cutting edge artists on his new Paul McCartney 3 covers album. Huh. Which is, so his new album, Paul McCartney 3, it was just called McCartney 3, actually. Um, now it's being redone by all these artists, and they're taking tracks off the album, like Beck, Damon Albarn, St. Vincent. Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Blood Orange, Radiohead's Ed O'Brien, Idris Elba even. Wow. 3 uh, Rn RDN from Massive Attack, and a bunch of other artists on there. So, okay. So it's going to be a pretty cool uh, cover album, but with a bunch of modern artists on it covering
1: Paul McCartney's song. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and yeah, and look, it also says that Paul McCartney will be covering um, Cemetery Gates. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's pretty dope that's the bonus track yeah, yeah and then it's yeah. a secret download oh. if you
0: pre-order it now yeah and respect <laughs> wow oh my god he's in a Pantera kind of mood huh Could, I guess so yeah Jeez. who knows uh no but no, it's coming not. out April 16th uh it's gonna be called Three Imagined so there okay. you go uh a, April 16th bunch of artists like Beck Joshua May Queens of the Stone Age and more on it so check it out that's awesome So Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a new exhibit. It's called Right Here, Right Now, and it features curated items from a bunch of different artists uh, that are on the exhibit, including Billie Eilish, Harry Styles, the Alabama Shakes, Taylor Swift, Lumineers, Casey Musgraves, and The Weeknd. And then one of the, huh. the major rock ones was Seether this week. Uh, they apparently show, like, different things from each artist. Like, for Seether, they have his signature green acoustic guitar, some handwritten lyrics, his red and black sweater that he wore for the majority of the Finding Beauty and Negative Spaces um, tour that he uh, apparently kind of—that was their breakout tour. So anyway, uh, it's, it's featuring all different kinds of stuff from modern artists that aren't inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But they're called this right here, right now kind of display that they're showing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, I like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. At least they're like, you know, showing a little more hipness and awareness of yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of yeah. Kind of being aware that, yes, we realize these artists are really, you know, popular and talented right now. and. Uh, they're trying to showcase them at least a little bit. Yeah, so. and every year they can just update it as exactly. necessary. And, yeah. yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a changing kind of thing, right? So I like that. It'll always be different every year. So they kind of kicked it off this year with a bunch. So um, I don't know. You could check it out online, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's website. And you can actually vote right now, guys, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2021. Yes. And the fan vote is still open, I think, till the end of uh, March, maybe? Did I you do it? That's... Have you voted? I haven't voted yet. Um, but there's like 20 different artists to choose from that you can vote for nice. So check it out. That's um, awesome Yeah, I should vote. Um, I uh, why not? You know, it's it's free It's easy you don't have to put your email in there or anything. You just pick an artist. Yeah um, All right, so check it out Here's the story we were talking about kiss guitarist Tommy Thayer reveals his secret daughter Oh look, she doesn't look horrendous. She's actually very pretty Yeah, she lo- and she yeah. looks kind of just like him in a lot of ways. You yeah. know, it's kind of funny how that happens um, but yeah, she looks just like a very you know normal, de- decent-looking young lady. Uh, she's con- he's connected with her. He never knew that he had this daughter. Yeah. So recently, he's sixty now. Um, he officially replaced Ace Frehley in two thousand two in the band. For people who don't know who Tommy Thayer is, so he posted a photo of himself on his Instagram and his daughter Sierra writing quote. This is a big one. I've been waiting for the right time to tell everyone. My daughter, Sierra, and I were blessed to find each other last summer. Oh. We've already spent a lot of time getting to know each other and creating a close bond. She's a beautiful, sincere person, and I couldn't be happier. I think she feels the same
1: about me. The most wonderful thing about miracles is that they sometimes happen. End quote. It would have been funnier, though, if she would have had this horrible kiss face. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The that was that was great. When he said, "Yeah, you know my mom didn't know she had a sister until she was in her 30s. Really? Yeah, and she and then a sister. I, I remember when she came to visit us. I was a, I was a little I was a little kid, and she came over and, wow. and it was just the weirdest was, thing. Man,
0: was it cool though? Did it end up being a?" <sighs>
1: horrible story actually she oh died. really she, yeah she died <laughs> oh, of no. cancer like right afterwards Oh man. Just, like maybe maybe if maybe a year but later, i mean at least or something it's like that. kind of
0: unique that they got to connect right before that happened oh, yeah. in a way right yeah. i yeah. mean i guess she could have passed away and that didn't couldn't have ever happened yeah
1: so it was but. it was it was such a wonky wonky situation
0: but yeah it's a trip so uh, uh you know after 60 well i i gotta think like a lot of these guys like Musicians back on the road, like back in the day, were probably you know maybe this
1: stuff kind of stuff happened quite a bit. Oh, he's probably got like 25 <laughs> daughters out there, and one of them is bound to have a kiss face. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are, the odds are that.
0: All right, yeah. we'll see more coming out in the in the coming weeks. I'm also Tommy Thayer's daughter. Yeah, like some random yeah 50 year old lady. I'm also Tommy Thayer's <laughs> <Yeah>. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Scooby-Doo mystery? All right. Gordon's Brian Head Welch admits he went too far with the whole Christianity thing. I don't know if you guys remember yes. when he did all that. Yes, like he I got, sure do. Yeah, he got all sober and he was, you know, a Mr. Holy Roller yeah. type of guy. So recently he was on a, um, a great podcast, which I want to give a shout out to. It's called No Effing Regrets with Rob Flynn and Rob Flynn from Machine Head. Uh, a great, uh, great musician and a really cool guy, and he's funny as hell, and he's got a great podcast. And so he interviews a lot of rock stars, and he asks them just kind of what they're up to and what's going on, you know, and then they you know, kind of go down the road of history and, you know, whatever, right, hot topics. Yeah. So he was talking about this uh, situation, and he says, this is Brian Head Welch now saying, he says, quote, I got obsessed with it. I was just obsessed with the drugs. Like, uh, So basically he's talking about his religion how he's equating it to the same thing. He says, quote, And I had to come out of that and find normalcy because there's nothing worse than a freaking irritating religious person just shoving it down your throat. There's nothing worse than that. I I agree. Wholeheartedly agree, yeah. He referred to his 2018 documentary, Loud Crazy Love, which followed his journey to sobriety and captured the sentiments of corn frontman Jonathan Davis. Uh, at the time, he was very outspoken about it. And Welch said, quote, and you saw it on the documentary. Jonathan's like, I hate those mother effers, you know. People can't stand them. And for years, we've had those Christians outside of corn concerts saying corns of the devil and all this. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. But I'm just glad I got through it, and I'm glad I am who I am now. And I have a lot of peace and rest for my soul. I feel very leveled and peaceful with myself.
1: So, yeah. quote. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a tough situation because he, I mean, he, he actually... That's so surprising that he expl- he equates it to kind of being a, a junkie, too, because there are people that really, I mean, it's like their endorphins kick up a notch when yep. they're talking about, like, their religion. Yep. And, um, and regardless of what, t- you know, type of religion it is or what type know what type it is that, that they they embrace it so wholeheartedly that it becomes almost stifling right when you're around them and and um and especially if you have like a different faith or if, if you're a non-believer or, or you know whatever it, just a, a different religion and just the the hardcore super um super aggressive kind of evangelical type um, yeah you know those really aggressive christian people it's like a big turnoff um, when they're kind of in your face about it and it's And
0: I think that goes for a lot of things too, right? Like yeah. polarizing on politics, like when people are one oh, yeah. way or the other and they're just always in your face and then also with music too, like if you're just like this extreme metal head and like you just like you're so judgmental and you got your jacket on and like anything that's not metal, I'm like looking down upon you and yeah. everything. So it's like there's these extremes where people, like, almost, like, kind of get off oh on my being God, that extreme right. about it, you know? You just like, made me
1: remember, yes. Like, getting self-righteous,
0: you know, feeling, like, empowered yeah. by it, you know? And, like, this whole persona and feeling justified, whether it's I'm a religious person, I'm a metalhead, yeah. I'm, I'm a, you know, whatever, some kind of a political affiliation. You feel like, you know... Yeah, like you say, like endorphins, you get off on it. You're like, yeah, I'm part of this group, you know? And then you have other fringe people yeah. in your community that, you know, support you. And so you feel like kind of justified that it's somewhat normal,
1: right? Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's a God. slippery slope, man. You're so right. You know, I just I just remembered in the in the late 90s, I had a cluster of friends who got really into like kind of indie rock, the kind of modest mouse type indie rock, you know? In a, uh, and I remember right. it was like... They became, like, so kind of aggressive about it that – and they all started looking the same and dressing the same and talking the same. And even some of them that were musicians, like, if if, if you played any sort of guitar that was, like, not like what they played or if you listen to any other type of music, right. they looked down on you like you were just, like, some sort of idiot, like – you were worthless. They'd be like, Oh really? Are yeah. That tool." Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that? Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. And isn't that yes. so, isn't that
0: so toxic? And it's people that are usually the, like trying to be a champion of something of freedom of whatever, or creativeness or yeah. individualness or something. Right. And they're so stifling of the other person's individualness at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it they was, even it, see yeah. it. you know, they don't even see it like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you rush fans. Okay, rush fans sure I yes. know I know Neil Peer is awesome I know this okay I know it we all know it all right but you don't have to shove it down my goddamn throat all right I get it I I get it there you it's go. fine yes
0: yeah there's a lot I mean you know for for a lot of different types of music for a lot of different there's always those kind of ones that people tend to just Like, you know, the term overrated or whatever, right? You know? They just, like, always push it in your face, you know? And uh, in case you forgot, Michael Jackson's the king of pop, you know? And stuff like that. You're like, okay, well, you know, geez, relax, you know? Yeah. And it's like there's other better other musicians, you know? And if you honestly want to just, I don't know, dissect all that kind of stuff, it's really that's where you get into the problems because everybody gets very defensive. And they kind of get, like, that brainwashed kind of, like, you know, like they're a super fan of that artist and they're going to defend him no matter what.
1: Yeah. You know? And. Yeah, so I feel that way. I feel that way. It's stifling for everything except for if you don't love and embrace uh, the the third deity and the, and the second abyss Waganathon. <laughs> if you don't love and embrace him, you're a dick. That's right. And I like I am up truly upset that anybody who is not outside sacrificing crows when Mars and Jupiter lines up. I, they, I don't know. even come around. You missed your opportunity. Me. You missed your opportunity. Just realize that the Waganathon. Needs your assistance and your and soul and your soul, so and your subservience. Dude, tomorrow, all of these fans better be fans of right. Uh Side note: uh, We don't just you know, you know,
0: we don't endorse any Wagonathon you know, things like that. That was just was I that, know, being aggressive? Yeah, you got a little carried away Look, there. You oh, almost
1: kind of became you know what we oh, were talking about there. Charles. Oh, jeez, I'm not trying to. Anyway, have you read these pamphlets? <laughs> Wagonathon loves we'll, you. We'll get back to that.
0: This is a funny story that came out this week with Foo Fighters. Uh, They're doing a bunch of press lately and uh, a bunch of interviews, and they're talking about you know some of their legendary albums. One of the ones was the album that had all those hits on there. Like what was the what was the main one on the? uh,
1: Hello. It was one by one.
0: No, no, not ever long. It was um, times like these. Times like these. Mm. Yeah, a big Foo Fighter hit. So. The, the producer that worked on that album, like Dave Grohl, apparently it was a total accident, the person that he called to get to work on that album. Uh, he had two people in, in his phone that was named Nick, and he called the wrong Nick. He meant to call Nick Oliveri, who was the bass player for Queens of the Stone Age, and he yeah. called this guy Nick Rasculenix, which oh, apparently... Nicely he, done, Chris. Chris. He worked uh, on... Apparently he knew him from uh, the studio that he used to work at. It was... Uh, what was it called? studio one and and so they recorded together and he called the wrong nick and the rest is history though like he was supposed to call nick oliveri but then he called nick Rasculenix and he's like hey yeah nick what's going on and then he probably realized halfway through the conversation it was wrong nick but then he still asked him to come down and do the album and he did and yeah because he was stuck at that yeah. point he was basically <laughs> stuck he didn't want to be embarrassed you know yeah. like, oh i got the wrong nick here sorry man
1: yeah. Yeah, so anyway, uh, I thought that was a pretty funny song. I love that studio by the way. That I recorded at that studio with the chorus of Wagonathon Oh yeah. Last year, yeah. Yeah, it was that's a creepy track. Yeah, it's, it's very yeah, it's very it's very Mor- dark Mormon Tabernacle Choirish. But also very hellish. Oh, very hellish, you know? Anti yeah. very anti-tabernacle <laughs> very in a lot of ways. <laughs> anti-tabernacle. Anti-Tabernacles is a sick band name. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Deftones. Uh, Deftones celebrating limited edition Anejo Tequila for the album anniversary of White Pony. Oh, God. It's like one of my all-time favorite albums. Yeah, and it's the 20th anniversary this year. So sick. Uh, So this tequila has, quote, caramel, vanilla, hazelnut, and chocolate notes with a buttery taste that ends with a smoky, mature flavor. Ooh. Oh, Wow. So it's um, handcrafted in the town of Tequila, Jalisco, and you can check it out on Deftones'
1: website. I wonder, oh, I wonder if it, they'll they'll actually um, have um have that uh, available. I'm uh, Deftones teamed up with Belching Beaver, and they had have their own right. brew. Yeah, they got that their was own beer. Sick. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I've had that, and it's really good. And I bet you this tequila's good too. So good for them. Yep. Awesome.
1: God, it's uh, such a cool anniversary of what an awesome album.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, it's got a two CD digital download limited edition box set. Uh, some vinyl stuff. So check it out if you're a fan of uh, White Pony. 20th anniversary is out now. So cool. Um, a couple birthdays. No no big birthdays this week, really, uh, except for John Cale from the Velvet Underground turning 79 and Robin Trower, the guitarist from Procol Harum, turning 76 this week. All right. Happy birthday. <laughs> I know they're big fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we got uh, some trivia for you guys this week. This week in music history trivia. This week in 1973, this musician pled guilty to charges of growing marijuana outside of his Scottish countryside farm, and was fined $240. He claimed he didn't know that the seeds would grow. Yeah, like mm. his likely story. Yeah, I know, right? Denies the, the law. Yeah. Who was it? Was it A. Ozzy, B. Paul McCartney, or C. Jethro Tull?
1: You know, I I really like um, 1973 Scottish yep. countryside farm. Yep marijuana but plants. Marijuana plants. He was fined $240 claimed didn't know the seeds would grow. So I'm going to go with D, a coke-fueled David Crosby. Wow, you think he was, was there? Here's why because I actually know this story quite well. Like wow. in and it, it in the in the it's actually the trivia question's a little wrong here where it says that he claimed he didn't know the seeds would grow. It was actually that he thought that the seeds would grow pure cocaine. <laughs> right. It so, thought they were cocaine plants. It, so he was completely honest. When and he was out there just rubbing that giant mustache in the plants when they <laughs> caught him, and, and they said, "They said, what are you doing?" He was what just are you trying to here smell here in it. Scotland? Yeah, exactly. For one thing, Scot- they, aren't you supposed to be on tour with Crosby, <laughs> Steeles Nash, and Young right yeah, now? Yeah, he just on a on a on a just a coke bender. He bought a countryside farm and then tried to grow cocaine plants oh, I, didn't, I didn't put the the answer but it's Paul McCartney. You know what I I, I <laughs> Paul McCartney. Wow, that's actually It was Paul McCartney. I could see that I could see that happening and, and people over there are just being like, "Oh, Paul he's such a sweetheart." Yeah. Like, he probably didn't oh, know. He, didn't that know. They would grow. he just
0: threw, yeah, he just threw some seeds in yeah, the ground. Yeah, exactly. Let's give him the benefit but of the know, doubt. But you
1: know you know who did know? <laughs> Woganethon cuz he knows all. He sees all. He sees all. And that all. was
0: probably a sacrifice, and
1: those plants that grew were out of the remains of yes. some kind of sacrifice. Yeah. He sees everything. Like, you know how when they say that, you know, smoke that God, weed yeah. and then. Yeah. He was inspired to write some kind of, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Demonic stuff. You know how, like, the Christian kind of concept of God, like, he's always watching except when you do things privately, like, <laughs> make love to your spouse or, like, masturbate in the bathroom. Like, of that's course. the opposite. Yeah, that's when he's not. Yeah. yeah well, Gonathon is the break. opposite. Right. He, he's, that's when he kicks in. Yeah, he loves to watch yeah, that, that shit. those are his favorite. <laughs> that's his favorite. Yeah. He doesn't care when you're, like, <laughs> worshiping him. He just loves it when you're doing, like, the, the embarrassing stuff. The horrible like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're just taking, like, right. a Brutal, brutal shit. Like, that's when he's looking right at you. Yeah. And Paul McCartney, yeah. Paul McCartney (laughs) knows this. So, yes, Paul McCartney, this week grew uh, some weed, 1973. Awesome. Had to pay a fine. I I actually really like that one. That's probably, like, my favorite trivia question so far. (laughs) Because I (laughs) can just imagine. You
0: know, honestly, sometimes there's really not good, like, music trivia stuff, like, during the week. It's really hard to find, like, funny, kind of interesting ones. That that one is very interesting. They're mostly, like, really boring, like... You know, Seether released their debut
1: album in 2002 on this
0: day, and it's like, okay, well, does anyone really care about that? Yeah, I know, know.
1: (laughs) I know, I don't want. But Paul
0: McCartney kind of, you know, that's kind of, yeah, right.
1: Alanis Morissette defined irony on this day and (laughs) 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 went down on Dave Cooley in the theater and. 1991. Yeah. I, I like that that question because I could just imagine a doe-eyed Paul McCartney being like, <laughs> I didn't realize that was marijuana plants. <laughs> yeah. You don't that's, say. You don't say. You that's. don't
0: say. Yeah. All right. Uh, news from around the world. <laughs> Disneyland can reopen April 1st. You well, you that's this? too early. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the deal. Uh, this is also interesting. No one can buy tickets for Disneyland unless you're a resident of California. So hmm. when they reopen, so this might be the time to kind of, like, get our tickets for the Star Wars thing. Maybe if it's, like, months and months out, we could like, get it now because apparently no one can buy tickets on their online automation system unless you have a mailing address from California. Wow. So that's cool. California gets first dibs on all of that. Yeah. Um, it says there will be capacity limits, and there are also um, – it says – Oh, okay. The permission to reopen applies to all of California's amuse- amusement parks. So all of them. So Great America, everything. Okay. As well as to sports and
1: concert venues. April 1st is just right around the corner. That's, yeah. that's a little early. That so that's like what uh, I
0: think what Corey Taylor was talking about doing some shows. Yeah. It looks like some musicians are, are already eyeing up April. So, yeah, it's, it seems a little early to do it. In yeah,
1: April. that's pretty brutal.
0: Uh, I would at least say like... Maybe
1: after Memorial Day yeah I, w- I would say kind of everybody else is kind of falling along that September kind of October um, time frame. I would say that that's a smart time frame to do it not, yeah. not, not 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 April. April seems really soon. Oh yeah this is a trip man these
0: cicadas this is okay so these cicadas have been living underground for the past 17 years and they're gonna be coming out this year <laughs> and it's known as brood X or the big brood and will emerge across the southern U.S. the beginning mm. of spring before surfacing in states along the east coast. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting. The last time I remember seeing cicadas was 17 years ago when I went on a cross-country trip to Florida with my friend LJ, and we drove to Florida because he went to audio engineering school at Full Sail University at the time, and we drove over there together. It was pretty cool. Took turns driving. But I have never heard something so creepy in my life as the sound of cicadas at night. Yeah, when I was there in 2005, I think 2004. Yeah. 17 years ago, which is apparently the last time they came up. Wow. I this is so weird. And How, they have it happens every 17 years. You know what? The cicada stuff. I'm the, like,
1: what the hell is this, man? This is creepily coinciding with the with Tommy Thatti's finding his daughter as well as uh the demonic um the, uh, Wagonathon. yeah, right. Yeah, the everything kind of. Uh, it's the year of praise. Tommy Thayer, Tommy Thayer, praise Wagonathon That that <laughs> we're reading this story right now. I I just I I hope I hope that that these cicadas or cicadas. Uh, I hope that all of this is coinciding to some good things in the future. Well, check this out. This may be part of it. A man um, in California, Hunter
0: Ray Barker. Sat in a pool full of bean dip... Yes! ...to promote
1: Los Toros Mexican restaurant in Chatsworth. I feel that somehow or another that also coincides with his Do you think he was possessed his by
0: the, either the cicadas coming out or
1: Waganathan telling yeah. him to sit in the pool of beans? You know what? The... F- the fact that he says he did it because the restaurant suffered losses due to COVID-19. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Someone fans. Someone died in the restaurant? Yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm kind of protesting COVID-19, that sitting in a bowl of chili is very far away from what my thought process would come be. Come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's the <laughs> it, best way to get money. Do you know what? Martha, come here. Listen. I know we're losing customers. We're I losing know, we're thousands losing of dollars. We're losing so, our life savings. <laughs> so I'm going to sit in a pool of beans i have this idea now listen listen to me listen i have this idea okay i'm gonna sit in a shit ton of refried beans okay i'm just gonna immerse myself in it she's like she's like how will that help jeffrey how will that help listen listen to me uh you don't understand everything will be this right this gonna somehow work out
0: what well, has told me he's whispered in my ear every night for the past six nights this is the way.
1: Yeah, this is the way. Tommy found his daughter.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the way? That's funny. <laughs> All right, check this out. Amtrak adds new options to bring your pets on the train. Uh, okay. Dogs or cats. I don't like the idea of cats coming on there. Weighing up to 20 pounds will be allowed on the trains. With Ooh. eight eight pet spaces available. Oh, for per train. Okay, got it. First come, first serve. Twenty-six bucks. They re- must remain in a carrier at all
1: times, mm. with the carrier stowed under a seat. Okay. Uh, it looks like I'm never riding on an Amtrak ever again. I, <laughs> I am deathly alerted cats. There's just no way. There's no um, way I can't even be in the dude, same room with them.
0: D- could you imagine, though, having some fucking howling cat? Like, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> the entire train ride. Whoa, we're here. We got about 14 more stops to go, folks, here. We're on a four-and-a-half-hour ride here down to Southern California. Yeah. We have a howling uh, howling cat in the back here in uh, car number five. Please steer clear of him. Seems to be feral and uh, shaking all kinds of pet dander. <laughs> to the nearby
1: uh, allergic
0: to, uh, people. Thank you.
1: Yep. What right. sweet music they make. <laughs> How horrible. So there you go. Uh, pretty pretty bad. Will they let me bring my pet 160-year-old tortoise? Doesn't say. All right. Uh, does not say that. What about my pet shark? Um, if it's in its carrier. Yep. What about a fermented <laughs> turd that I've been carrying around <laughs> for the past 27 years? Right. That's my pet sure. rock. Uh, that could probably work. All right. Um,
0: this is kind of funny and creepy and maybe some weird kind of... <laughs> some justice in some kind of weird way. Jeffrey Epstein's New York City mansion sold for $51 million and all of the money will be put into Epstein's Victims Compensation oh, Program. That's, that's awesome. So that's th- awesome. That will allow new claims to be paid out after they were suspended last month because he, he was too low on cash, apparently, on his estate. So now that they sold his mansion... They're going to put all that money back into the compensation program for all of his victims. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Awesome. You know, what a low life. Yeah. I'm glad at least the money from his estate didn't go to some some weird pervert guy buying it.
1: Right. You know, or something
0: or some weird thing, like some kind of person to make a movie there or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right.
1: Some Lifetime movie something or something like that, right? So at least the money went to a good cause. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Lifetime movie. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, they're yeah. horrible. They know they're horrible. Sorry, that was the first. That was the first news net. or the first network that came to mind was Lifetime. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, that does it for
0: us this week, guys. From the Rock News Weekly podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Rock News Weekly. Check out the photos from our interviews. All of our different links are up at RockNewsWeekly.com. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.